feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, it is going to be a firestorm when you look at what is ahead in the GOP race for president. And that is because Nikki Haley, the former South Carolina governor, former U.N. ambassador for President Trump, has now officially thrown her name into the ring And she is the first challenger against President Trump for the Republican nod for 2024. And what makes this interesting is, first off, of course, President Trump uh, was her former boss. She apparently called him recently and talked with him about her potential run. And already President Trump is throwing her some shade. He already basically said she's, quote, a career politician. And she's getting the least of it. Ron DeSantis now is being called Meatball Ron. This is a new one. Uh, Basically, first he was going after him saying, oh, you know, he hasn't really accomplished that much. And now he's apparently calling him a meatball. So we're going to talk about why that is in a few minutes. But it just goes to show that I think the strategy that Donald Trump found was the jewel for him in 2016, where it was a super crowded GOP field. Remember those debates? There were so many people in the debates that they had to do them on two separate nights. Remember, it was like, here's night one, here's night two. Uh, You know, let's bring in door number 34. You know, there were so many candidates. At one point, it was like 16, 17 candidates. Remember, it was packed. There were too many to be on one stage. And yet, President Trump was like slaying every single one verbally. Every single one he had a nickname for. It's like, you know, it was a low-energy Jeb. Little hands, Marco. I mean, you can just remember them. And every time, by the way, that I now see them, whenever I see Marco Rubio on TV, and he's had a lot of accomplishments in his career as a senator, I always think about uh, little Marco. You know, you think about the nicknames, they definitely stick. And so you think about the impact that those words also had on his challengers. I mean, Jeb Bush didn't see it coming. Jeb Bush was like, huh? Remember, everybody thought Jeb Bush was going to be the nominee. And then suddenly Trump started calling him low-energy Jeb. And everybody's like, yeah, he is a kind of a low-energy guy compared to Trump. And then he was like, uh, again, little Marco. Yeah, the guy is kind of small, you know? I think he was talking about his hands, by the way. But anyway, so you get into all of these things. And you're like, wow, now I think we're going to see part two. Because now with Nikki Haley throwing her name into the ring, it is clear that there will be other people who I think soon afterwards will join her. And I think it's going to be a really crowded, really feisty, really contentious GOP field. And certainly it will be a war of words and a war of a lot more. And do any of these people that will run against Trump. We know, again, Nikki Haley. We know that probably Tim Scott of South Carolina also, the senator, there's a good chance he's going to probably run. He was asked about it a few hours ago on TV, and he didn't deny it. So that's always a sign that that's a yes, yes, and a yes. Um, And then in addition to that, Mike Pompeo, former Vice President Pence, 
Uh, Larry Hogan, uh, there's words that he may throw his name in. There's a number of others. So it's going to be probably a really crowded GOP field. And some of these are folks who work for Trump. So are they ready for what is going to be an onslaught by their former boss? Because you know Trump feels like, okay, I should get this. He feels like the last one was taken from him, was stolen from him, he feels. And so he really wants to make sure that this time around he is the nominee and he hopes to obviously be the president again. And I think, listen, I think Trump can make a really good case when you look at, speaking of low energy, no energy Joe Biden. You know, you look at him, the guy is like half awake And you look at the policies that he has had with the border. You look at the policies he's had with these balloons uh, that have been shot down. We're going to talk about those later on in the hour. You look at so many of the issues, the Afghanistan withdrawal, the economy. Uh, There's so many things that right now Trump can make a contrast with Joe Biden on. Uh, So he really wants that mano a mano, whether it's going to be Biden, maybe it's Hillary, who knows? I don't think everybody on the Democratic side is certainly sold on Joe Biden. There's some new polls that show disastrous results for Joe Biden. So where do you see this headed? Do you believe it's going to be as heated, as contentious? I think it's going to be even more contentious than it was during the 2016 race, because at that point, they didn't see Trump coming. You know, they saw this guy who's obviously a successful businessman. They saw a guy, you know, who at that point, you know, had a great empire. And they didn't really know that he was going to really, like, fight to the bitter end and call them these names. I don't think Jeb Bush had ever seen anybody like that on the campaign trail. I don't think Marco Rubio did. And Remember how about all the stuff about Ted Cruz? Remember that his dad, like, was part of the whole JFK assassination with Oswald? And if you thought that was wild, buckle up, because I think this next heated season, and they're talking about having debates sometime maybe this summer, primary debates sometime this summer. So think about that. If debates start really getting going, and they're going to get really feisty and really spirited, and then it's going to be quick, quick season. They want to hurry up and secure that nomination. Well, it's going to be really drag out dirty and nasty. And already Trump has alluded because he clearly sees DeSantis as sort of his primary foe. He did take a couple shades and a couple swipes at Nikki Haley. But he's saving the best it looks like for DeSantis. Not only is he calling him Meatball Ron, he is also saying that he knows things that only his wife knows, meaning Ron DeSantis's wife knows. Like, there's some personal stuff there. So Trump is going to let it all hang out. He has everything on the line this time. He really wants to win. He feels he has to prove it again, feels he wants to win it overwhelmingly this time, and also feels that he has something to prove within the GOP because a lot of them— One day they were friends with Trump, then some of them threw him under the bus on January 6th. And so he's got a lot riding on this. So you can bet he's going to put it all on the table. And uh, let's see who remains unscathed. I don't think any of them will remain unscathed. So is there anybody out there, you guys, that you think can actually take on Trump? Not just, you know, a little bit of tit for tat, but anybody who could really hold their own in a verbal fight. I mean, do you see Nikki Haley coming back and saying, uh, meatball Don? 
You know, I don't see it happening. I mean, I don't see any of them wanting to do that. I see them trying to dismiss it and say, well, you know, you're calling me names. They'll try to kind of discount it and try to, I think, play the highbrow and say, well, those names don't work or those whatever. But often a lot of times you got to give Trump credit. Some of the names are very clever and they often stick. So is there anybody out there that you really think can take Trump head on? And do you think, if not, that Trump has this nomination, that it's going to be nasty It's going to be a drag out. There's going to be a lot of bruised and battered candidates. But I think at the end of the day, he is still clearly the leader of the pack, and he's going to be really hard to beat. And that's my thoughts, especially on the GOP side. I think there's going to be a lot of names in the hopper, but I think it is clearly Trump's race to lose. If he can sort of stay in that lane, I I think he's going to try to do a little bit of mudslinging, clearly, because I don't think he's going to he's going to be able to help himself from not doing that. But I think he is going to, like, take no prisoners. And I think if he can stay focused on the issues and draw the strong contrast between Joe Biden and himself, that could be very successful. If he can try to stay a little bit above the fray and stay focused on the border, stay focused on the dismal Afghanistan withdrawal, stay focused on, you know, oh, the economy's great. Really? Gas prices, I reduce them. That's what Biden said. Really? I mean, there's a lot to take on. And now this time Trump can say, hey, you miss me? And I think there's a lot of people who would say, yeah, I'll deal with the mean tweet if I can have a good economy and a good border security. And you can bet that if Trump was in office, you think those balloons would be flying all over the place? Do you think China would be like doing all these things? Do you think, you know, North Korea? Do you think Russia? I think a lot of these places would be in line. And a lot of people are saying, maybe we'll take the mean tweets if we can feel a little bit better protected. What are your thoughts, everybody? It's one 800 And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. First off, Nikki Haley, who threw her name in. It's very interesting, the history of Nikki Haley and President Trump. Because Nikki Haley originally said that if Trump was running, she would not run that she purposely would stay out of the race. She was not going to compete with her former boss, showing deference to her former boss. Now, she's one of those people who, again, on January 6th, right around that time afterwards, she critiqued President Trump. She said she wasn't happy with some of the things he said, some of the things he did. So I think she's lost a lot of the, quote, MAGA support. And that, I think, is going to hurt her big time. People don't like people who flip and flop. And then she kind of came back and said, no, 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 I love President Trump. But President Trump today, again, called her, quote, a career politician and somebody who sort of will say anything. And you can see that's where he's sort of headed to with her. It's going to be interesting to see how he takes her on and if he does in a bigger, bigger way. Maybe he feels like, oh, I don't really need to right now. Let's just sort of see where it goes. But here is Nikki Haley, who originally said, made this You made this promise, and a lot of people don't like the fact that she broke this promise, and it's all on tape. Take a listen. I would not run if President Trump ran. Most of the policies that he did, I totally agree with. We have a great working relationship. Every instance that I dealt with him, he was truthful, he listened, and he was great to work with. Well, he would never knowingly lie. I had a great working relationship with him. I consider him a friend. 
I consider him a friend. I had a great working relationship. I would not run if he ran again. So does that bother you that she entered her name in the fray after she made that plea and said, you know what, I'm not going to do it if he does. And here she is, because just a few hours ago, listen to the announcement she made. And in this announcement, she didn't say Trump by name, but she kind of made a veil swipe at him. Take a listen. I thought it was at least take a listen to when she made her announcement just a few hours ago. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. Joe Biden's record is abysmal, but that shouldn't come as a surprise. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. Some people look at America and see vulnerability. The socialist left sees an opportunity to rewrite history. China and Russia are on the march. They all think we can be bullied, kicked around. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. And by the way, you're right. If you wear heels and you kick them in the butt, it does hurt a little bit more. I know that for a fact. (laughs) But what do you think of her line? And does she have a chance? It's interesting to hear her pitch there against socialism, against woke, and also to say China and Russia. Because clearly, Biden hasn't put Russia on its heels, so to speak. And he clearly hasn't put China on its heels. I mean, he's been a wimp, especially when it comes to China in every single way. So maybe somebody with a foreign policy, national security focus is the way to go. But clearly, Trump had that, too. And if people have a choice of Trump or Trump light. Who are they going to go for? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Does Nikki Haley have the stuff? Or is it, again, just Trump light light with heels? 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back on The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we are rocking out tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show. By the way, the left is going crazy about anybody who's running on the GOP side, which just shows that it doesn't matter who throws their name in. uh, Those on the left are just going to trash them. It's like if they're not Democrat, they're not worth anything. It's really just disgusting. Here is Nikki Haley, who is the first woman to become governor in South Carolina, uh, first woman of color. Her family are Indian. They're from India. And so she has a lot of things to be proud of. Whether you want her or not for president is a whole other issue. But she certainly is an accomplished, smart woman. I've met Nikki a number of times. Um, really sharp, uh, really bright woman. And yet, Sonny Hostin on The View and all the ladies of The View uh, couldn't trash her enough. Take a listen. Uh, they just think anybody who's running for president on the GOP side is like slime. Listen to this. 
As governor, they keep on saying her defining moment uh, was signing legislation removing the Confederate flag from the state capitol. She only did that after the massacre that happened at the Emanuel Church that yeah. I actually covered and spoke to those family members. She only did that. And then let's remember that after Trump came, by 2019, she was defending the Confederate flag. She said that the yeah. Charleston church shooter had hijacked the Confederate flag. No, ma'am, the Confederate flag had always been hijacked. And that, then she said that people saw it as service, sacrifice, and heritage. I see it as heresy as a person of color in this country. And so when she wants to uh, say the right thing, I think she's very much a political grifter and a chameleon. And the bar is very low because it's on the ground. Yeah. But I no, don't it's below the ground. It's below the ground. It's in, it's in, I it's don't in a, see it's her a as a step up from anything. Well, wow. I, I mean, that's Nikki Haley. That's a woman and an accomplished woman. So you know that nobody is going to be good enough uh, from the far left and the folks of The View, which is just disgusting because you can bet that if it was Nikki Haley Democrat, they'd be like, God, she's the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. What a bunch of hypocrites these people are. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Chris in Tennessee. Your thoughts about Nikki Haley. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to say I don't think she has a chance against Trump. Uh, I think that uh, Ron DeSantis has a great big chance. And it's only because that Ron DeSantis, he carries himself well. Um, he doesn't get excited at press conferences. He doesn't get upset about tweets or this and that and everything like that. And he has fought back against, uh, you know, during covid the United States government against the White House, against everyone, the CDC, the FDA, whatever, it doesn't matter. He said, we're keeping our schools open. Children are not are not vulnerable to the disease. Uh, we're not going to put up with the junk from uh, Disney. He said, hey, you know what? If you're going to target children concerning uh, transgenderism or whatever, all this sexual junk, and he's thrown, he has thrown the hammer down every time he turns around. I mean, every time that Ron DeSantis speaks, he says what he's going to say. He states what he's going to do, and he does it, and he doesn't play around. Now, hey, let me ask I, you a question, Chris. Um, yes, how do you think he's going to respond if he does get in the race? And I think he's going to get in it, um, you know, not guaranteed, but I think he's going to get in it to your point. So far, he has basically said, I'm not going to throw any mud at a fellow Republican. Uh, but now Trump is calling him meatball Ron, um, which is uh, it's supposed to be. Uh, there's a new one for me. I like meatballs. I like spaghetti and meatballs are great. Um, but it's apparently a slur against Italian-Americans because all eight of DeSantis's great-grandparents came from Italy. That's what they're saying. Um, do you think he can, I don't know if he can keep up that momentum of sort of ignoring it and staying above the fray. At some point, he's going to have to like maybe take a shot back. I don't know if saying, oh, I don't respond and letting things go unchallenged is going to work. Maybe not in this day and age. We'll have to see. Chris, thanks so much for the call. You're awesome. We're going to continue with your calls. 800-848-9222. 
This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where we honor our great law enforcement and their families here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story of the fast-acting efforts of police and how it saves lives coming from Westchester, Pennsylvania. The lightning fast actions of Westchester police officer Aaron Davis saved the life of an early morning gunshot victim who would have otherwise died along High Street near the historic courthouse steps there. Within a minute of hearing a single gunshot, officer Aaron Davis had loaded the unnamed victim into his police car and then within four minutes... The 21-year-old man with a wound to the abdomen was under the care of a doctor at a local hospital. That's amazing. The shooting victim was later airlifted to another hospital where he is said to be doing okay. Amazingly, it was, of course, the fast action of Officer Aaron Davis. The police chief there in the area praised Davis, who is a 19-year veteran officer, for his quick thinking, saying, I felt the need to tell all the details of this event to show the good that police do. The acts of this officer, which started 19 years ago, was when he took an oath to protect and serve all people of Westchester and East Bradford. What a powerful story and how important it is to react quickly in order to save lives. Well, of course, crime is certainly going to be a big story on the table in the 2024 presidential race. I mean, you look at the numbers, they're skyrocketing all over the place. And, you know, the data all over the place, even in like New York, uh, felonies rising uh, by a whopping at least 15 percent, a big amount happening in New York over the last actually much more than that. It's in over the last 15 years. Um, so that's a lot. These are the serious crimes, of course, the felonies. And we, there's stories every single day about crime. There's a homeless man who was just charged recently in a New York City uh, subway shove who told the victim, quote, I am going to kill you right before he pushed the victim. I mean, this is just crazy. And it happens over and over again. He was yelling, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I mean, these people are crazy. And there are so many of these random cases happening all over the place. And yet, if you listen to the Biden administration, it's like, no, what crime? What problem at the border? What balloon, basically? You know, it's like, oh, my God, there is so much that I think if you're running against Joe Biden, whether it becomes Trump or somebody else, there's a lot of there there. And this time around, President Trump can really draw a contrast. Last time he's like, here's what I think I can do. Here's what I believe I can do. Now, this is what I did. Here is a stark contrast to this guy who's there. And he can cut through the hogwash that we heard during the State of the Union. Remember, Joe Biden spent the entire State of the Union talking about how he brought down gas prices. 
because he rose them all the way up to $5 a gallon, basically. But then he brought them down to three fifty. Isn't that great? So, like, but he's got to, like, somebody's got to sit there and go, no, that's not correct. And it can't be Marjorie Taylor Greene like she did every time during the State of the Union. So um, that's going to be an interesting. I think whoever runs up against Biden is going to have a field day. There is so much to talk about. You left Americans behind. You left $80 billion worth of equipment in Afghanistan. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I'd love to debate Joe Biden. That would be that would be one for my uh, I pay a million bucks just to do that. But he'd have to stay awake. You know, I'm telling you, the guy would be like sleeping even before he starts. I'd wake him up for sure and say, hey, listen, Joe, let's start with the list. But Trump has his own list. And remember, he just responded recently to Joe Biden's State of the Union. Here's a little bit of what he says is the stark contrast and the lies that he said he heard. And this is the repoll 24. This is from the other day. And this is where Trump basically said, here are all the things that I can do. And your record really is one big disaster. Take a listen. Here's the real State of the Union. Over the past two years under Biden, millions and millions of illegal aliens from 160 different countries have stormed across our southern border. Drug cartels are now raking in billions of dollars from smuggling poison to kill our people and to kill our children. Savage killers, rapists, and violent criminals are being released from jail to continue their crime wave. And under Biden, the murder rate has reached the highest in the history of our country. Biden and the radical Democrats have wasted trillions of dollars and caused the worst inflation in half a century. Real wages are down 21 months in a row. Gas prices have soared and are now going up much higher than even before. And the typical American family is paying $2,200 in increased energy and food costs each year. Joe Biden's weaponized Justice Department, and I'm a victim of it, is persecuting his political opponents. His administration is waging war on free speech. They're trying to indoctrinate and mutilate our children. He's leading us to the brink of World War III. And on top of all of that, he's the most corrupt president in American history, and it's not even close. But the good news is we are going to reverse every single crisis, calamity, and disaster that Joe Biden has created. And by the way, also, what about the border? What about what a huge mess it is at the border? It's so bad that now Canada is telling Mayor Eric Adams, listen, stop sending bus tickets to Plattsburgh, New York, which is, you know, right there. Uh, So then they take, uh, you know, a few steps, basically, and get into O Canada. They're like, we don't want them. I mean, it's so ironic because think about all the heat that Mayor Eric Adams was giving to Abbott and everybody else for sending them to him. But yet now Canada is saying, why are you putting them on buses to us? Why are you trying to get rid of the migrants to us? This is him basically sort of describing the situation recently. No, we don't uh, send migrants to Canada. <laughs> and that needs to be clear. Uh, we are doing what other municipalities, particularly the governor of Texas, was not willing to do. And also, by the way, Canada, though, is getting tough. Uh, I didn't think Justin Trudeau's team would be tougher than Joe's, but they're basically saying don't cross into the border. I mean, Canada's actually playing a little tougher. Take a listen. Are you aware that the very minute you cross this border, your status in the United States is nullified? Yes. 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 Yes.
The RCMP is obligated to tell them with one step across they will be arrested. But still, if they can slip into Canada, they will be considered for asylum status. And that sliver of hope is enough for desperate people. Canada's actually getting a little tougher. And you know what's interesting is in the middle of all this, a lot of them are coming back because they're saying, it's too cold in Canada. We don't have a four-star hotel and room service like we do in New York. And they're realizing maybe they got to come back so they can get their room service and everything else in New York City. Boy, that could be like a whole debate in and of itself, imagine. Trump or whoever it is against Joe Biden and his open border policy. That would be one for the ages. So is there a good chance that a Republican will take the presidency next time? And does Nikki Haley have what it takes to really take on Joe Biden? But first, she's got to go through Donald Trump. And that, I think, is too big of a wall for her. That's my personal thoughts. As much as she's an accomplished woman, maybe sure, maybe ideas get it out there. Maybe she becomes like a VP choice. Maybe even Sarah Sanders, by the way, is a VP choice. That could be really interesting, too. Uh, She's certainly a fighter, and we saw that the other night in the GOP response to the State of the Union. Can anyone take on Trump? Does Nikki Haley have a chance? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Norm on line two. Norm, your thoughts, my friend. Uh, first of all, happy Valentine's Day, Rita. Thank you very much, Norm. How romantic that we get to spend it together. This is great. Yes, we do. Thank you, Norm. Okay. And you too. I hope that you, I hope Thank those you. close to you, I hope you did something special. Oh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> Norm, no. Norm, Norm, <laughs> anyway. I was going to say, don't tell all the details, Norm. We don't need to know how much, but anyway. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, Norm, okay. Norm, you're so lovable. I'm sure I'm sure half our female audience would love to date you, Norm, because you're always so lovable. <laughs> you are. You are. You're great. You're great. So uh, what do you what do you think about you, Nikki Haley? All right. Uh, at this point, I don't think Nikki Haley has a shot because she doesn't have enough name, national name recognition. And I think she doesn't have the war chest. You got to have huge amounts of money to be able to run for president. And Donald Trump's at the forefront with uh, Ron DeSantis, as I feel, is the only viable fallback. And as for Trump uh, playing dirty and destroying his opponents, as a Republican, I think we are better. Uh, the criticism the criticism of the other Republicans to me seems kind of funny and lighthearted. Uh, it's, he's, not, he's not going in for the kill like he does with Joe Biden. Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I disagree, though, Norm. I think, I think it depends how much he feels threatened. I mean, he hasn't really gone after Nikki Haley mm-hmm. yet. She's only been in for a few hours. Um, right. But, but uh, I mean, I think already on DeSantis, he already alluded that there's like something in his like sexual history. It sounds like, you know, between, <laughs> that, he said there's only something that his wife and I know, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, all right. I mean, like, I mean, I I think he's going to really go for it if he feels like, uh, like if you look at the polls and suddenly, you know, he's, you know, neck and neck with somebody. I okay. think all the gloves are off at that point, Norm. I don't think it's going to be nicey-nicey. Okay. What do you think? Do you, honestly, I... do you honestly think Donald Trump is going to be like, hey, good luck, buddy? You know, he's ready, he's ready <laughs> I, calling, I, uh, he's calling maybe, a meatball maybe, maybe I have to reassess that thought, Rita. <laughs> Absolutely. Norman, happy Valentine's Day, my friend. Thanks Thank so you. much. Let's go to Alex, line one. Alex, your thoughts. 
Hey, Rita, thanks for taking the call. So you mentioned that whoever is going to be the Republican nominee is going to run against Joe Biden. Uh, debate, debate him. I don't think that Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee because he has to go through his own opponents in his own Democratic primary, and he's the least popular Democrat. But now about Nikki Haley joining this race and running against Donald Trump in the primary, I think that she just handed the winning ticket to Donald Trump, and I'll tell you why. After this midterm election, where people were fed up and in the Republican Party, a lot of people were mad at Donald Trump, blaming him for why we did so poorly in the midterm election. Donald Trump still had 35 percent of the Republican Party. And those are the real Trump MAGA supporters that said they, they're still going to stick with him. So these are people that are going to vote for Donald Trump in this primary, as well as others. And now we have 65 percent that are opposed to Donald Trump. And so if it would have only been Ron DeSantis in the race, which he's going to run, Ron DeSantis would have gotten that. 60 percent and trump would have stayed with 35 percent but once you have nikki haley and other moderate republicans or extreme republicans joining the race they're going to split up the 65 percent of the voters that Ron DeSantis would have gotten and uh, that's going to hand the winning ticket to donald trump you know what um i agree with you actually alex too you're right because they'll split up the vote and that will certainly help trump um because Clearly, the people who love Trump um, and who are, you know, diehard MAGA supporters are going to stay MAGA supporters and they're going to pick him. Um, you know, maybe some might go to DeSantis, um, but primarily I would say 99 percent. So you're right. Then they're all going to be battling for the other ones. And I don't think Nikki Haley is the last of it. I think she opens the floodgates because I think now a lot of other people are going to, like, chime in. And come in, and I think really soon. Like, I would be surprised if we don't see Pompeo. I'd be surprised if we don't see uh, Vice President Pence. And, um, Alex, to your point, too, by the way, there's a new poll out that says just 12% of Democrats want Joe Biden to be the party leader. 12%. These are among Democrats saying that he should run again. Boy, is that a pathetic number. I don't think, I think that's historic. I don't think I've ever seen within your own party that you get a 12% people saying to run again. I want to know, by the way, who are the 12%? I mean, what kind of morons are they? Uh, Let's go to Cheryl, line two. Cheryl, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Good evening. I just want to say Nikki Haley has started off with a lie. She said, I will not run against Trump and now she's doing it. And that's automatically a, a sign of Biden because he lies with everything. I think she will, too. She already lied about running. And that's a very, very big thing. Well, and it's interesting. That's why I played that, because a lot of people feel it's very, like, you know, disingenuous to say, I won't run. Now, apparently she called Trump um, recently because he talked about it. That she called and said, hey, I'm kind of thinking of running. And what do you think? Um, and Trump basically said, follow your heart was his answer. You know, whatever you want to do, follow your heart. Um, you know, not telling her to go one way or the other, which I think actually was very nice of him to say that um, to basically, you know, you have you can do whatever you want, basically, to her um, not seeming concerned about her getting in the race. But I think a lot of people, you're right, feel that she made a promise. Now, here's a question for you, Cheryl. Does it bother you that Trump helped DeSantis clearly early on when DeSantis ran the first time as governor? If he didn't have Trump's backing, he would not have won. No way would he have won. So a lot of people believe and a lot of people in the like in the Trump team 
believe, and I'm talking about people who are like working on his campaign, they're already taking swipes at Ron going, how disingenuous are you? You know, this guy basically helped create you and and you owe everything basically to him in terms of your career. You're only 48. This is not your turn. What do you make of that kind of criticism real quick? Well, real quick, I say that's a very valuable opinion. He is only 48, and he did run with with Trump pushing him up there. So, you know, what are you going to do? It's like taking a friend and saying, well, I'm sorry, but, you know, you have to get out of the way. I have to push you out of the way. No, I think it's it's very political, and I, I really feel bad about that. He's got plenty of time to run, and he doesn't have the experience. Don't do that. Don't do that to someone who has helped you. You will not win. You can't win. So Meatball Ron. Meatball Ron won't win. No, I don't think he would. As far as I'm concerned, when you betray people, the Lord has a way of smacking you down. Yeah, good point. Karma comes back. Very interesting. We're going to continue with your call, Cheryl. Thank you very much. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And we're talking here on the Rita Cosby Show about Trump already name-calling DeSantis Meatball Ron. Not like Meathead. From Rob Reiner from All of the Family. That was a good one. Um, but DeSantis is meatball, Ron, not to be confused by the two. And Nikki Haley now is officially in the race. So it's going to be a really spirited primary. And do you think DeSantis, who has not yet declared that he's going to run for president, it's not 100% sure, do you think he should sit it out? You just heard from our previous caller who was saying, yeah, he should sit it out out of loyalty to Trump. Uh, that anybody else is basically Trump light. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line eight. Uh, Happy Valentine's Day, BJ. Hey, BJ, where are you? BJ, call us back. Let me go to Stan. I got to wish Stan a happy Valentine's Day. There's always so much love when you call in, Stan. You do something to me that nobody else can do. You give me gas and you give me heartburn with all this political rap. <laughs> <laughs> no chocolate, Stan. Where no are the chocolate. flowers and chocolate? A song, a song. Oh, but Stan, by the way, you're pretty good, Stan. That was actually quite good. Well, we have our moments, and then we don't. And yes. when I get on this program, I don't have my moments. But that's another story. <laughs> but uh, I always take serious, you, Stan. Serious. Go ahead. Yeah, what do you think? All right, listen. No one has talked about this guy, and, I, and I'm a Democrat, and I would even possibly vote for this man. The former governor of the state of Massachusetts, Baker, who just left and worked with Massachusetts Democrats for the last eight years. And he's a decent guy. I heard him talk for two years. He's a conservative, a moderate, but he's a conservative. And I think he could have a shot at the Republican nomination with a clean slate. And I think he was, you know, he talked about January 6th. It was a terrible thing. But the key point is he'd have to go up against the malignant growth known as Donald Trump. Oh, and that could be a problem. Now, oh, yeah. Now, but, That's now, but, the problem. But That's Stan, problem. Stan uh, I actually thought where you might be going was Larry Hogan because he's no, the no, Maryland governor. But no, no, no. I, I know who Baker is. I know exactly. Nice guy. Who is. Nice but, guy. But the reason I bring that up is Hogan, I actually think, is more likely to fill that lane because 
He is clearly uh, an anti-Trumper. He's been critical of January 6th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very popular in Maryland um, right. and, and well-known and much more accomplished and well-known than Baker. Um, but I think there will be some people in that lane. Look, I, nobody I don't knew. Think, I don't think, listen, at the end of the day, Stan, I, uh, so much of it is bringing in the base. I don't know if there's enough of a base there. Look, uh, Liz Cheney, who tried to fill that lane, <laughs> and, uh, clearly by running the January 6th committee, uh, she didn't do well in her own primary. Remember, she got slaughtered in her own primary because people were like, uh-uh, Republicans don't want it. I think Republicans clearly still want Trump or Trump-like. That's a, that's a disaster for them because January 6th will ra- hit them right in the face. And most of the people that will be running have to answer for it and didn't say anything about it. But Baker is a clean Republican. He's a decent guy. I've heard him talk. And look, no one heard of Can he fill a stadium, Stan? Very few people can fill a stadium. And And Trump can clearly fill a stadium. I'm not interested in filling a stadium. I'm interested in filling... Going to voting and see what happens there. The stadiums mean nothing. It's who gets uh, to the voting no, well, vote. No, because you know what? That, that is clearly the people that get galvanized to come out. Look and guess what? Guess what? People are sick of January 6th. Uh, not, people not, are sick. not in your life. Yeah, not, not, not you, in your you, life, You dear. fantasize about it. You're like, January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. Happy Valentine's Day, January 6th. Wow. Answered for it. Wow, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you toss and turn January 6th, okay, well, January 6th. He may wind up in jail, so we'll see. Uh, you know what? Right now, it looks like, uh, it looks like he is Teflon Don at this point. I don't point. think so. Let's... Don't count your chickens before they're hatched. All right, January 6th, Stan. Thank Happy you. Happy holiday. Happy holiday. Thank you, Stan, for the beautiful song. That was lovely. Let's go to Dom, uh, in Minnesota, line three. Yeah, Rita, that stands a hoot. Thank you for putting up with him. He's a very entertaining guy. I well, well he was a pretty good singer, too. I, I didn't like yeah. it. I thought everything else was off tune, but that part was in tune. You're, you know, you got nerves of steel for coming, you know, letting him come at you like that. But, you know, MLK must be turning in his grave when he heard the Nikki Haley put down. So, you know, can, you want me to hold until the Yeah, break? yeah, yeah. Dom, you're, you're a pro. You stay with us because you're great. We're going to continue with Dom and everybody else after the break. Maybe someone else will sing to me, not just Stan. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight, the plot is thickening with the Biden family. You're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. An interesting story just coming out in the Daily Mail, which obtained some really interesting affidavits, which basically reveal that the younger brother of Joe Biden, Jim Biden, who's 73 years old, uh, basically played a pivotal role and a settlement for $140 million bucks between a U.S. construction company and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia back in 2012. And that in conversations with a private investigator tied to the case, the younger brother Biden uh, basically said, yeah, I was picked because of my brother, who was vice president at the time, and they felt he could be it would be instrumental to the deal. Also, the wife 
of Jim Biden, the younger brother of Joe Biden, apparently saying to this investigator that Joe and his brother told each other everything, that they were very well aware of a lot of the different business situations. So this is really interesting um, because we've always heard so much about Hunter Biden. We've heard of money potentially going from Hunter Biden to Jim Biden. And we've heard of big amounts obviously coming through Hunter Biden. But what's interesting is here, it apparently shows that Jim Biden, the younger brother, who his name has also always been sort of swirling between Hunter, Joe, this sort of triangle of money, um, so was he getting money back then? Did any of it go to quote the big guy back then? And was there any sort of change in policy? Because at the time of this deal, as I mentioned, Joe Biden was vice president and that apparently he was leading delegations to Saudi Arabia at the time. That's significant because was he indeed doing policy, uh, tied to Saudi Arabia? And if again, his brother, who is very close to, uh, and according to the wife, according to this investigator, uh, was aware about all the business deals. Basically, they, quote, told each other everything. If that's the case, wouldn't you think the brother would say, hey, by the way, Joe, I'm working on this $140 million settlement with a U.S. company in Saudi. Um, any chance you can maybe help me? Hint, hint. You know, who knows if that kind of a conversation happened? It's interesting that the brother... Uh, you know, was doing this big, big money deal at the same time Joe was leading delegations to Saudi Arabia. And remember, Hunter Biden was doing deals with Ukraine and elsewhere at the same time that Joe Biden was handling policy for Ukraine and elsewhere as vice president back then. Of course, now he's handling it as president. But could policy of change been influenced because of some of the big money? The plot thickens, and you can bet that this will be looked into by the House Oversight Committee. By the way, I think Joe Biden is in big-time trouble. Uh, We just talked about this new poll. This is stunning. 12% of Democrats, according to an AP, this is Associated Press poll, a measly 12% of Democrats believe that Joe Biden should be the party's leader. That is a stunning number from the Associated Press. That's not necessarily a right-leaning network or a conservative uh, media outlet. Um, basically saying that most Americans do not want him to run. Now, here's the other interesting news. They basically also say that it got, he got the most results of anybody in the poll. So even though he only had 12%, they don't have a backup. Talk about a bad bench. So who's number two? Is there like somebody else? Well, it's a distant number two. And there's other names that are on the list. Uh, Buttigieg, uh, Kamala Harris. Both of those guys got 3% on this poll if they were asked, uh, Democrats, if they would like them to be the standard bearer. So, you know, it's a bad day when 12% is the best result that you can get. And that shows that even Democrats are worried about Joe Biden's electability. And I think a lot of it is obviously a lot of the bad decisions. We're going to talk later on about the balloon. Lots of new details because it just shows how weak he is in foreign policy and protecting the homeland. There's so many questions about that tonight. But then also, many Democrats just don't feel he should run again. They feel he's too old. They feel he's, you know, feeble mentally. And you can bet that when they start getting into more of the details with Hunter and now maybe with Jim Biden... Things could get really ugly really quickly if they start getting bank records. And who knows 
where all the dots are going to lead. Meantime, on the Republican side, there's a lot of names that are planning on throwing their names in the hopper. And we know that Nikki Haley, as I mentioned, she is in the race. And I think it opens the floodgates. I think we're going to see a lot of candidates. And she took it on, head on today when she did her announcement. She did a viral announcement. And she basically went after woke culture, went after CRT, and went after those who basically say that America is not fair to African-Americans. Listen to how she portrayed that. Take a listen. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have seen evil. In China, they commit genocide. In Iran, they murder their own people for challenging the government. And when a woman tells you about watching soldiers throw her baby into a fire, it puts things in perspective. And despite all of that and some of the great experience Nikki Haley has, well, Whoopi Goldberg just thinks that she has no chance and that basically nobody on the Republican side even deserves to run. Take a listen to Whoopi Goldberg on The View today. Wow. You know, since you have been asleep all this time and you just woke up, you're just finding out that there are things about our country that are not perfect. And for us to pretend that it is and that nothing happened is ridiculous. So you're not saying anything new. And you of all people should know better because you used to actually have some sanity and knew right from wrong. And then you lost your mind and and went in some new direction. That is her message for Nikki Haley, uh, who is the first woman of color. Her parents are Indian from India, um, and she is the first female governor of South Carolina. But that's not good enough for Whoopi Goldberg. So no matter who runs, uh, Whoopi Goldberg and the team is just going to trash and trash and trash. That's just sort of par for the course with the mainstream media, which I think is really uh, just insulting and disgusting. one 800 848 Nine two two two. Let's go back to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, sorry I had to cut you off there, but go ahead. No, that's okay, Rita. You know, MLK must be turning in his grave when he heard Nikki Haley put down. So MLK basically said, judge not by the color of your skin, but the content of your character. The gals of the view seem to be saying, judge not if the party of the donkey, but trash all if the party of the elephant, brown, black, or white. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, that's why, you know, it's interesting, Dom, if her name, you know, if it was Democrat Nikki Haley, they'd be like, wow, this is the greatest thing. They treat it like they won the Powerball. Mm-hmm. So my question is, where are the feminists, the now people and Queen Hillary, the savior of women? Yeah. That's, and by, by the way, glaring, isn't it? You, you know, it's interesting. You're absolutely right. They should be coming to her defense and they should be at least equal for everybody. But uh, Hillary Clinton, I think she's waiting to see what happens with Joe Biden uh, because Cackles is not going to be in the race. I, I, Cackles may try to be in the race. Kamala, Kamala Cackles. But uh, if Kamala, uh, if Joe steps out with this like dismal 12% approval, Dom, which is amazing, and yep. and Cackles can't cut it, right? She has a laugh track every five seconds then maybe Hillary might try to slide in. I I don't rule out Hillary. I don't rule out Michelle Obama 
uh, one of them maybe trying to fill the void. What do you think, Dom? No, no, I'm talking about Hillary or the feminist uh, NOW coming to Nikki Haley's support. All oh, no, 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 I, is- I get that. I, I totally get what you're saying. I'm taking it to one yeah. step further that I think part of the reason they don't want to come to her defense is they don't want to come to anybody's defense on the GOP side because they want to keep their own options open because they may run themselves. And that makes them look as the extreme racist that they are. I don't mind saying that. You know, if if Trump wants to win, I think he needs to do a complete 180 and say, look at the donkey choices you have for 2024. The John Gotti family, Joe, Hunter and Francis, Kamala or Hillary. So pick any elephant and claim the country back. How's that? I, I think I think you got the I think you got the commercial down pat. Dom, thank you. You're terrific, Dom. We love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks so much. Let's go to Danny on line two. Uh, Danny, your thoughts of where Nikki Haley's going and just how heated it's going to get. Okay, first of all, Rita, I wish you a happy Valentine's Day. I hope you got a lot of chocolates and red roses. <laughs> I did. I actually got a little bit, and I got a little champagne too. But go ahead, Danny. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> so I think the the best interest. Uh, uh, with Nikki Haley should be to run as President Trump's G, uh, uh, vice president. I think she would have a much better chance, and 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 so would Trump by those two running. And, and by the way, it may end up being that pair, Danny. You never know because a lot of times people just kind of run to get their name out there, and then ultimately they don't do well, or or they do decently but not well enough. And then uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Trump picks a woman. He very well might, unless DeSantis says that he would consider. But then you got two guys from Florida, even though Trump originally is from New York, but he's technically from Florida. So I don't know if he but maybe he would think that that is like a, you know, a a powerhouse pair. So maybe he would do that. Uh, But other than that, I think he might pick a woman. uh, Haley. uh, I mean, there's also Christy Nome from South Dakota. Of course, I brought up Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, there's a couple out there. Uh, that could be sort of logical choices for him. And Haley is certainly one of them. And maybe that's part of the reason. Maybe she thinks, okay, maybe, maybe, you know, uh, maybe by luck she's the last person standing. Or if she's not, she'll at least be in the hopper for something else. Who knows? Uh, but we'll see. Uh, let's go to Larry. Line one. Larry, where do you think this is going? Well, I'll tell you. I believe that Nikki, I, I think Nikki Haley is the real deal because, you see, for a woman to run against Trump, it's almost like um, it's almost like a snowball's chance in hell because of the fact that the that the Trump supporters are very macho. So even if they were drawn away from Trump, it would not be towards a woman. But yet Nikki Haley runs anyway because she presents a novelty. Would they want what? Like the old Spice Man? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know what that is, but the thing is, she does it because she really wants to. She really wants to be president, not because she sees an opening. In other words, she's not an opportunist like Hillary Clinton that sits on a ledge like a pigeon and watches for her opportunity. Nikki Haley loves this country, and if for that reason alone, she could draw people away from Trump, and she, because she's the re, she's she's doing it because she wants to. Not unlike DeSantis. DeSantis is another opportunist because he's only 48, whatever he is, 44, and he has plenty of time to run, okay? And if he decides to run, he's going to humiliate himself because there's one thing I learned in college, and that is presidents are elected based upon charisma. And next to Trump, DeSantis looks like a wet Kleenex.
Wow. In terms of charisma. By the way, next to uh, Trump, I think almost everybody looks like, you know, like a wet Kleenex. By the way, Nikki Haley is only 51 years old. I mean, she's only three years older than uh, DeSantis, so it's not like uh, she has that much more. But she does have more experience, if you will, because she was U.N. ambassador for two years, um, and she was a governor, too, like DeSantis. So, um, But I think almost anybody. I mean, is there anybody who could, like, fill the void? What about a Chris Christie? Um, you know, that's an interesting one. Like, you know, a lot of people are wondering, would he kind of try to come back in the fray? Because he certainly has a big personality. Lair, real quick. Well, I, I, I don't like Chris. Chris Christie has, has muddied himself too much. It's too much controversy around him. And he's also gone against Trump. But, you know, I just want to say, you know who would be a great candidate to run with Trump? Kellyanne Conway. She's one of the most brilliant women in America. The only problem is who she's married to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can you imagine that guy? He would like he, he would like he'd blow a cork. Oh, my God. I mean, that, I, I always wish I could be like at the dinner table with the two of them. Can you imagine like that conversation every night? That is the wildest thing. But you're right. I agree with you on Kellyanne. She is brilliant. And also Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, she was pretty. She was really impressive in the GOP response. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Does Trump really have the personality, the charisma, the experience to take it all the way and maybe now uh, verbally slaughter a very crowded GOP field. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. 51-year-old Nikki Haley is now in the race, the first person to go up against Trump in the GOP primary for president. And this is what an MSNBC analyst had to say, not necessarily talking about Haley's virtues, but saying the fact that she is now saying, I'm not afraid to go up against Trump will open the floodgates for other people to do the same. And it could look like one big, it could look like a, like a Macy's department store in terms of candidates, like a whole field of them uh, by the time the debates come around. Take a listen. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it, it's it's not sooner. So I think I think you probably will see more people come in. I think that's probably the biggest contribution Nikki Haley is going to make is, is kind of say, it's OK now to jump in the water. So will a lot of sharks hop in the water now? one 800 uh, let's go to Judith, line four. Judith, your thoughts about Nikki Haley. Does she have a chance and will it open the door as this guy predicts? I think I think he's right that there will be a lot more now getting in. A lot of people are like, OK, well, she did it. Uh, now I can do it, too. Yeah, well, hi, Rita. How hi. are you? Hi. Happy Happy Valentine's Day, Judith, by yes, the way. Yeah. To you, to you, too. Yes, yes. Um, so, Rita, listen, this is what I want to say, okay? She's not the only one. There's going to be a bunch of them going to be jumping in, and they're all inspired. They're all inspired and all they've, they're by Trump. Let's just say the truth, okay? He is the original. They're copycats. But this is a slogan or a formula that I came up with, Rita, that I'm going to share with you and I'll explain it, okay? And it goes like this. Success and experience trumps experiments do you understand what i'm saying yes in other words in <laughs> thanks in other words 
all of them, as much as they might be good, they're still experimental when it comes to Trump because Trump is a guy that proved for four years he was the best ever. Everyone was better off. Everyone, every blacks and whites and everyone in between, all better off when he was president. He was great. And he has the experience. They don't have that experience presidential. And right now, what Biden has done for two years has been catastrophic. And I think the only guy that really can maybe help and turn this country around is the original guy, the guy who has the success and the experience, and that's Trump. Well, that's why, you know, it's interesting, Judith. I use the description of Trump and Trump light. Um, So you're right, like others sort of trying to mimic in some ways or carve their own lane in other cases. But um, and I think Trump does have a compelling case now because he can say, look, like you just said, he can say, look at the contrast. Look where we are now. Um, And we're going to talk soon about all the Chinese balloon stuff. Um, Look at that mess. Look at Afghanistan. Look at the border. Look at all that. And Rita, you know what else I want to tell you? He's the only one out of all of them who is financially independent. They are all need backers to uh, uh, to finance them. But he's beholden to no one. He's got plenty of money if he wants to. Well, he's that's, the only that's one. why the deep state doesn't like him, uh, Judith, because right. for the same reason right. you just brought, because he's his own man and they don't like that. Um, and some of the neocon groups, if you will, will go again, go with other candidates because they would love to have somebody that they can basically uh own, if you will, you know, that they can basically say, hey, remember I gave you that big money? Now you basically owe me this favor for this. And uh, they don't like that Trump is a free spirit. But I, I think you're right in many ways that, you know, it, and that's why they always talk about him. That's why people are still going after January 6th. That's why people are constantly talking about Trump, 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 anti-Trump, anti-Trump, because uh, he's got that big personality. And so far, I don't see anybody who fills that same space. They can try. Uh, but I think in many cases they're a distant second. Let's go to BJ, line seven. Uh, BJ, anybody who can fill that space, go ahead. Happy Valentine's Day, Rita. Thank you, BJ. Uh, God bless you. Um, number one, um, Nikki Haley is John Bolton with a mustache. She caused Ooh, all this intrigue. That, by the way, the that's a, that's a, that is one ugly chick. <laughs> I'm telling you, she she caused all the intrigue at the palace. She went for Pence's job. She's not going anywhere. It's going to be between uh, DeSantis, Pompeo, and Trump. And and by the way, we have a, a, a super bench of ideas. All of these people have great ideas. They are formidable candidates as opposed to the uh, the Democrat Marxist Party that has nothing but uh, ha- plans on how to spend your money and throw your future away. Pompeo is a formidable candidate. He has a command of the world stage. DeSantis has a proven track record, but all of them, including Donald Trump, has to prove their case to the American people. Donald Trump doesn't just get my vote. I'm sorry. I supported him. I think he was screwed out of the last election. Uh, but all we have to listen to all the ideas, and we have to decide what's best, and we deserve to hear it out. Yeah, and by the way, I absolutely agree with you that you need to hear everybody, and you also need to hear everybody make their case why they are better than Joe Biden, which isn't too hard of a bar to raise. Uh, but... It'll be fascinating. And I think debates make everybody better. Whoever rises on top may the best man or woman win. We're going to continue talking about this and also the latest on the Chinese balloons. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes, where we honor our great military and their families, a beautiful story coming from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where a man named Ken Salisbury turned 100 years old and says that the key to life is living a life of service and purpose. The Sioux Falls veteran who turned 100 on February 3rd, 2023, was shot down twice in World War II. He had scarlet fever as a child and a number of strokes and heart attacks, as well as made it through COVID-19. And his daughter said he has lived kind of a life of a private Ryan story. My father always tried to live a life of purpose and giving to others. He was a very honorable man. And for his birthday, Ken Salisbury was honored and celebrated in an open house event at the Good Samaritan Society at Sioux Falls Village, where he lives with his wife. The two of them have been married for nearly 75 years. How beautiful is that? Uh, By the way, Ken was originally from Sheridan, Wyoming, and he joined the military when he was just 19 years old in 1942. He was part of a C-47 squadron responsible for flying and dropping paratroopers into enemy territory in Europe and North Africa. And how beautiful uh, that he has lived to 100 years and what a beautiful life. And so he was asked, what's the secret? What's the secret to living and surviving to 100? And he said, it's simple. Just keep waking up every morning. (laughs) That's a good philosophy. And wake up with a smile every day. Thank you very much to Ken Salisbury and, of course, everybody as part of the greatest generation. And, by the way, uh, I think it was uh, BJ who just said that Nikki Haley, who has thrown her name in the hopper to go up against President Trump, is basically uh, John Bolton with a mustache put on Nikki Haley. That is a scary sight. Uh, But here is John Bolton commenting, because we're talking now about Nikki Haley and the race against Joe Biden. Of course, Trump has already said that Joe Biden's policies are abysmal, the way he has handled especially the case. Uh, One great example is the whole thing, the way he's handled all these uh, unidentified flying objects. The one that came from China that they know now that was a Chinese spy balloon, that one traversed America for eight days. And then they finally decided to shoot it down after eight days, after it collected intel and transmitted intel back to China. And now we're hearing that these other ones, some big news in the last few hours, may have been benign. They probably, according to the U.S., were not from China. They were probably not from the U.S. government, they say. They don't have many pieces of them because they blew them to smithereens with missiles. And yet they might have just been like some kid's balloon. Can you imagine this? I mean, look, talk about an embarrassment. Talk about overreaction. He underreacts. And then he's basically going after balloons that may be like floated up from the uh, state parade and uh, who knows where. And. John Bolton, as we were just talking about, uh, we had him on earlier tonight. Uh, I had the honor of guest hosting with John Katz and Matides on Cats at Night, a great show on 77 WABC Radio. And John Bolton told us this about the way that President Biden has handled this crisis with the balloons and how pathetic and how vulnerable we look. Well, it really is a, a sad commentary after listening for, for days about why we had to let the Chinese balloon 
transit the entire United States because heaven forbid how dangerous it was to shoot it down and so on and so forth. Uh, within three days, they shoot down three other balloons. And, uh, you know, I think it's very hard to make the case that they got the first one right. And many, many things wrong with what they did, not least of which was uh, by by their record, by the administration's record, the first sighting of the balloon was over the Aleutian Islands on Saturday, January the 28th. They didn't tell President Biden until Tuesday the 31st. I have to say I'm completely amazed by that. And by the way, that is stunning if indeed they didn't tell him right away and then he still didn't act right away, too. So, I mean, there's so many mistakes here. It really is incredible. Maybe it just shows the military has zero faith in Joe Biden, like many of us. Well, this is fascinating. So today they were basically asking, well, were these other three that were shot down by missiles? Again, that cost, by the way, $400,000 per missile, a Sidewinder missile that came off of those F-22s or the F-16s, they basically, each one is 400000 bucks. So were those a threat? So, you know, we're trying to figure out the ones that they remember, like before it was like, oh, just let them fly and take as much intel. And now it's like, you know, like the old Wild West, like the movies, you know, it's like anything that comes near, let's shoot it out and spend almost half. I mean, think about this, almost half a million dollars per hit with a missile, Right. So Corinne Jean-Pierre revealed this today, that they believe, oh, no threat, that these items were no threat. She used the phrase benign, and now people are thinking, what was it, just like some kid's balloon that happened to fly at a high altitude or some something that wasn't even nefarious, that you spent half a million bucks? That's the best you can do? It's like pathetic. Take a listen. And again, I, you've heard from um, Secretary Austin on this. You've heard from DOD on this. You've heard from my National Security Council colleagues. Uh, again, as you all know, the, the objects uh, that were shot down were in the uh, uh, civilian airspace, uh, kind of flying low, uh, low elevation. And so it was shot down. They were shot down uh, because of uh, they w- we were taking uh, abundance of caution. Uh, we wanted to make sure Americans were safe. Uh, we wanted to make sure uh, that uh, the civilian aircraft flying uh, above in, in, the, in our airspace were safe, and that's why they were taken down. Uh, the three objects, as you all know, they are now uh, being recovered. The weather conditions have prevented uh, for uh, for um, the Pentagon to go out there and, and get those objects, but we're going to continue uh, to try. We're going to continue uh, to be uh, vigilant on getting these uh, getting the debris. Uh, but in the meantime, as you just mentioned, the, the benign statement, the intelligence a community did say uh, that they are considering or looking this at this to be uh, potentially benign. But of course, we want to make sure that uh, we uh, get the objects so we can actually, or the debris from the objects, just to be more clear, uh, so we can get a sense of what uh, what uh, what the objects were for certain. And now reporters in the White House briefing with Corinne Jean-Pierre are grilling her going like, wait a minute, so he's so lackadaisical and lackluster on the one that we know was a Chinese spy balloon. And yet on these other ones, it's like anywhere near. It's like, uh, let's send in the uh, the jets and take it down. You know, it's like, you know, what's in the movie where like, you know, uh, one of the vacation movies where like, remember, like you see them flying in the plane and they're like, oh, it's a bomb. It's this. And then they pull up and it's like Chevy Chase flying in the plane, you know, a sightseeing plane over the Grand Canyon. Oh, wait, you know, 
Oh, shoot. That's what this is like. They're like taking out anything now because he was so bad on the first go round. But they won't say that. I mean, it's like it is so obvious they're trying to make up for terrible behavior on the first one. And now anything that comes near the U.S. doesn't matter what it is. If it's a pigeon, it's it's gone. You know, it's obliterated. You know, it's like he's trying to look like Mr. Tough Guy. So listen to the questions today from the reporters to Corinne Jean-Pierre. If it turns out, as it looks the that, that the president um, and, and Mr. Trudeau sent top gun fighters to blow weather balloons out of the sky. Is the does the does the president regret that and is he embarrassed by that? I'm not going to get ahead of what um, of any final decision. We just don't know yet. We actually just don't know. Uh, and as I as I've said, as my colleague has has said from NSC, uh, it is it is in consideration that that could be uh, the leading explanation here. Uh, again, but I get I get I don't know. Okay, let me let me let me answer let me answer the question. I don't think the president should be embarrassed, right, by uh, the fact that he took action to make sure that our air our airspace, civilian airspace, was safe. Yeah, and by the way, that reporter is a mainstream media reporter. That's not like some conservative outlet. And it gets worse, guys. This is how pathetic this is. General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, you know, was asked during a briefing today, there's a rumor out there that you missed when you were doing the uh, the balloon, uh, the benign uh, kid's balloon uh, that was flying around Lake Huron. Remember, they finally took one down over the weekend. Remember, there were three of them that they, one on Friday, one on Saturday, and one on Sunday. And he had to admit, yeah, that did happen. And get this, as I mentioned, those Sidewinder missiles that are used cost $400,000 each. $400,000 each. And they missed on the first one. So now that missile is sitting at the bottom of Lake Huron, And they have to try to get it because there's also technology tied to that missile, too. Not only is it a goner, uh, but they don't want somebody else to get it, you know? So it's like, what a disaster. Can you imagine how embarrassing? You have, like, half a million dollar shot. It's not like the balloon is operable. It's, like, floating, like, slowly, slowly, hovering above. Everybody sees it, right? And they can't even get it. So then you have to do it again. And imagine being the guy who missed that shot. Oh, shoot. I just lost $400,000. Let's do it again. So here is Millie admitting to a bad shot on the first go-round on the Lake Huron kids' balloon. First shot missed uh, on the fourth balloon. So uh, we're talking about the balloon that was uh, downed over Lake Huron. Uh, the, the first balloon, the Chinese spy balloon uh, that went down over the Atlantic on the South Carolina coast, that was... That shot hit. Uh, the second one over uh, Alaska on the north coast of Alaska, that one hit. Uh, the third one in, that landed in the Yukon, that one hit. Uh, on the fourth one over Lake Huron, first shot missed, uh, second shot hit. So Senator John Kenney of Louisiana, who always puts things perfectly, summed it all up this way. If you are confused, you understand the situation perfectly. Ten, ten days ago, we were led to believe that our skies are clear. And now all of a sudden we've got uh, spy balloons and unidentified objects raining down on us like confetti. Yeah, and sadly it looks like we got missiles raining down on us like confetti that are costing close to half a million bucks each. And 
it's funny how it kind of trickles out that it's a balloon, it's benign. Uh, it'll be really interesting if they ever do an after-action report. Oh, yeah, there was a kids' parade that happened to be underneath Lake Huron. And there was another one that happened to be near Montana. And what a surprise, there was also a parade. You know, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Um, as I mentioned, I was hosting with John Katzmatidis earlier tonight, and John brought up the story, he's a pilot, of how he was flying And at one point he was around Atlantic City and suddenly he saw a balloon. He was at 10,000 feet and it was a balloon from like, you know, like it looked like a parade down below in Atlantic City. So maybe it's the same thing, except at that point, uh, thank goodness for John, they didn't use a $400,000 missile in the area. But, oh, my God, I mean, every single like thing that's flying in the in the sky now, they're going to like use a missile to take it out. But they're not telling us that, boy. Did they overreact, it sounds like, on the last three? They underreacted on the first, and then they way overreacted on two, three, and four. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Dave, boy, what a mess this foreign policy is. And it just, it looks to me like it's like the JV team. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, oh gosh, I think the JV team would do better. I mean, it's equivalent to taking a flamethrower to burn out a couple of inches on this in your kitchen. I couldn't they just take a shoot a couple of fifty caliber shells into it and knock it down and instead of throwing a four hundred thousand uh, dollar high technology uh, armament into the darn thing? And, but, and also not really vetting it, you know. Like that's the other thing too. Like you know, obviously they they say that all of these devices uh, didn't appear to have anybody on board. Thank God nobody was doing hot air balloons in the area that day, right? Yeah, my God. Um, so they, you know, they obviously they flew the jets near them. They could see it was some little thing. And then somebody still said, strike, you know, like, I mean, I mean, who's doing the vetting? I mean, this is amazing. Uh, yeah, it, there's, well, I mean, let's face it, uh, the administration, I mean, they're more wrong than a broken clock. A clock, a broken clock is right twice a day, but. I mean, name one thing they've gotten right. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and that's just... what's scary. And then they want us to believe, like, oh, you know, Biden is like Mr. Tough Guy. And, and it's funny, no wonder they don't really want to talk about these other strikes. They seem more than happy to say, you know, that the first one was a Chinese spy balloon, we're sure of it, we're this. And the others, we're not so sure, you know. It's like, but no wonder, because they're, they really overreacted. Uh, clearly somebody said, oh, Mr. The president has to look like a president, not a wimp. And this was the strategy. But uh, you're right. Uh, a broken clock is more reliable. Uh, Dave, thank you. Really, really great to get the call. Uh, let's go to um, Andrew. Andrew on line seven. Andrew, your thoughts about all this? Hey, how's it going, Rita? It's going yeah, great, my friend. Comment. Yep, go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah let, now, let me remind everybody it's because Trump called DeSantis Meatball Ron. So go ahead. I'm here conferring with my Italian mother, and she and I are not offended. We thought it was funny, and I don't know if it applies now. I eat the uh, vegan, you know, meatballs, like it's impossible meat, you know, the fake plant-based meat. (laughs) Yeah, which are pretty good, by the way. Those are pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. But but your Italian Italian, uh, mother was not offended by meatball Ron. Not not at all. No. Nope. What if what if her son was called Meatball Andrew? Would she be offended? Good question. That's a good question. 
But I don't think Trump would describe me that way, hopefully. Never. I want to help him. Andrew, never. Campaign. Never. And I have, and by the way, I have seen you too, Andrew, so he could never describe you as a meatball. You, you do not look like a meatball in any shape or form. Uh, you're a very talented photographer, so uh, he could only sing high praise for that. When we come back, everybody, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. What do you make of the fact they spent nearly half a million bucks and missed the shot, and now it looks like those three unidentified objects were just probably some kid's balloon or something so far. They're using the phrase benign, which means uh, we're really stupid, and we wasted money, and we tried to make our president look good because he was such a wimp on the first go-round. What are your thoughts? 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. are still collecting debris what's left of the kids balloons basically that were taken out by four hundred thousand dollar missiles fired from either an f-16 or an f-22 american jet these are these quote unidentified objects which tonight the pentagon's using the word balloon so is the white house and the white house is saying well they appear benign uh it looks like the kids balloon was not planning to attack the homeland 1-800-848-9222. And let's go to Robert, line one. Robert, your thoughts about all this and and what a mishandling by this administration, first underreacting the first time. And so it seems now on uh, these other objects, way overreacting. It's like almost a joke, sadly. Oh, no, they're not overreacting now because they're flying over restricted airspace. You're talking about these items, right? Yes, I yeah, am. Yeah, but Robert, I, they are mostly. Yeah, but Robert, Robert, like Robert, Rita. Robert, hang on one second. Yeah. These items, right? We're flying. Some of them just tipped into American territory, and and I'm happy, by the way, that they're at least trying to figure it out. Where I take issue is the fact that they're spending all this money to make uh, you know Biden look like he's like John Wayne, like he's like you know Mister Tough Guy at the OK Corral. When he looked like, you know, like uh, he was playing badminton and ballet on the first one. Okay. I know China has been developing, for example, like the hypersonic missiles. You heard about that first. They've been spending a lot of money in research and development with drones. Oh, yeah. And and, and, and by the way, Robert, Robert, I have no doubt that China is a threat to us. And I actually think it's good that we're checking these items because clearly... Uh, it was lackluster before. And the first one clearly was a Chinese spy balloon, they say, um, that had intelligence gathering and, and was all of these things. And that's why I think we absolutely need to take it seriously. Where I find it is the, the what it looks like a clear overreaction on the second, third and fourth one because he knew he looked so bad. You can't tell me politics didn't play a role in the response on the second, third, and fourth one. I mean, come on, especially the White House is saying right now that it's benign. They believe it's benign and that they even missed on a missile on the first one. Nothing was moving in terms of on its own, maneuvering on its own. Uh, so, and they're not using the word drone. They're even, if you just heard Millie, Millie used the word balloon. So go ahead, Robert. No, there's a lot of disinformation going on now by the administration and the military. Trying not to scare us. 
These are penetration tests of our air defenses. Well, by the way, can I, I say one thing, I Robert? Have... If that's the case, yeah. that's even scarier. You know, I mean, you know, I think if if they are making it up like they're like some kitty balloon uh, when they're much more nefarious, and I believe the first one uh, definitely was, but if the other ones were, that's even scarier because then they're not honest with the American public. And that's a frightening premise, too. Either way, it's a scary premise. Either you're a Dumbo or you're a liar. You know, which one is it? And either one isn't pretty. Uh, but I but I hear you about the threat of China, and I think it is real. And I do think we have to be concerned. Uh, but, you know, being, uh, you know, uh, terrible on the first one and then trying to make it up and, like, blow everything out, uh, just it seems completely out of proportion. Um, let's go to Aldo, line five in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Aldo. Buona festa, the son Valentino. Uh, St. Valentine's Day. And by the way, take my hand, I'm a stranger in paradise. All lost in a wonderland, a stranger in paradise. If I stand starry-eyed, wait, Aldo, Aldo, you got an accent paradise. there. Aldo, you got an accent with it too. Where's the accent from? <laughs> anyway, you got you got a makeshift the, the, accent there too. <laughs> well, the bottom line is, I'm going to hit like you with the some bombshells. I like the song. Go ahead. Be- before you talked about the homeless and the psychos, what happened to the 100? One billion two hundred fifty million that Shalane the Crane uh, was given by her corrupt husband De Blasio, whose real name was Warren Willem and isn't a Durban Italian name. And then also, Whoopi Goldberg has a history of seducing middle-aged white men away from their wives and then dumping them. You should be on the View. You should shake things up because the View is not the women, lady, the women of the View. It's the witches of PU. Also, Ron DeSantis does a great deal for the veterans. No veteran goes hungry or homeless or thirsty in Florida. Trump did a lot for the veterans, but it's going to be, remember, they might have to compromise because uh, Trump is going to be the same age that Biden was when he ran. And if DeSantis, who's an American Navy officer, if he is his running mate and Trump after halfway through can't make it because of the health, then you have DeSantis carrying on his, his policies and he'll be a shoe-in for 2028. Wow, Aldo, by the way, you you got, first of all, you filled us with a lot of stuff there. Um, And most importantly, I want to tell you, I love that song. That was a very, very nice song, and I appreciate it. And everybody, happy Valentine's Day. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.